Are you tired of undercharging, over-delivering, and overworking? Well, I have some good news for you. I put together a free course for women web designers who want to make more money without overworking. Just go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash free course or click on the link in the show notes of this episode to get instant access. And since you love podcasts, when you sign up, you'll have the option to get the entire free course instantly in a podcast feed so that you can listen on the go. So if it feels like you've been working 24-7 but not making as much as you want, go get that free course right now at webdesigneracademy.com forward slash free course. Welcome to The Profitable Web Designer, a podcast for web designers who want to work less and make more money. I'm your host, Shannon Mattern, founder of The Web Designer Academy, where we've helped hundreds of web designers stop undercharging, overworking, and create profitable, sustainable web design businesses. Hey there, welcome back to the Profitable Web Designer Podcast. And today I have the pleasure of chatting with Melissa Berkheimer. She's the CEO and Conversion Design Director of Melissa Berkheimer Studios. She's the host of the Design Business Show, which I had the pleasure of being a guest on that podcast. She did an incredible presentation for us at the Simply Profitable Designer Summit and her company designs brands and creates buzz building strategies for product launches. So Melissa, thank you so much for being here on the Profitable Web Designer podcast today. Hey, Shannon, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And coming off of that Simply Profitable Designer Summit, it's super fun to connect again and just like see the new momentum and all the stuff you're doing for designers. Yeah, it was super fun. And I'm so glad that you were able to be a part of it. So when we talked on your podcast, I was like, oh, this girl's cool. I want to get to know her better. And what better way to do that than have a conversation on a podcast, right? So can you share a little bit with me and our listeners about your journey to where you're at today? How did you get your start in this industry? So I have a really boring story. My I started my business 12 years ago because I wanted to get paid to be creative and also be able to take my kids to and from school. Like it's super basic. Like some people have these like big picture dreams. I'm like, I just want to make money, use my degree because I was working in a position that I, I started at when I was in college. And then I graduated from college with a major in graphic journalism, which is a different major. Not a lot of people have that, but like I couldn't find a gig after that, that was like flexible because I had small kids at home. And I just, I stayed there for almost 10 years because I had flexibility with little kids, but then I was getting like super bored. And I would complain to my husband all the time about like how there's no creative juices that I can't use my creative brain. And I was just like, going bananas. And so I tried to apply for jobs, even part time design jobs, nothing landed. So I just started networking for anyone who would, you know, I would good. Sorry, I'm really not clear today. I started going to networking. <laughs> it's all good. Gosh, <laughs> can I start over? I'm going to start over my answer. So anyways, long story short, yeah, I sure. wanted to, I was working at a job where there wasn't a marketing department. I had two small kids. It was a few years after I graduated from college with a degree in graphic journalism. 
and I was bored with my job. I would complain all the time about it and I couldn't find a job that offered flexible hours because I had, again, small kids at home and like I just wanted to be there with them at least part of the time. And I ended up starting to freelance because I couldn't find a job. So I would go to networking events. I would hand my business card to anyone who would take it. I would work for anyone who would pay me. I was like super eager and few years and I was making a few thousand dollars a month each month, just like working for clients when they needed the work done by the hour. And then in a couple years in, I started taking all these online courses like B School and I, Amy Porterfield was my mentor. Rachel Luna was my mentor. Elizabeth Bialto was my mentor. Like I joined all kinds of programs with these people and wanted to learn more about like what I could do to like market my business. And what that turned into through different connections and investing in those courses was me becoming a sales page designer for some of the creators of those sales pages. And I then was at the point to where I was like, hmm, I'm doing this sales page thing. I'm really good at it. I like it. But then I have these other clients who are like paying me. It's going well. But I like didn't want to do both because I was getting really busy. And I made the decision of in March of 2013. Was it March of 20? It was March of 2014. Because I got my first sales page gig in December 2013. Anyway, so I made the decision to say goodbye to all of my local clients I was working with. And two months later, I had like my first 5k month from doing sales pages and launch stuff. So it was really, really exciting. So to some of the next like, eight years or so, I did sales pages, launch strategy, and stuff for a good seven or eight years. And then the last couple of years, I've kind of had this nudge that I have slowly listened to. And now I'm doing more brand design specific to product launches, strategy, customer experience, like design, like you name it, landing pages still, but it's a whole new thing. So sorry, that was a long winded answer. But No, that's exactly what I was like hoping to hear in terms of like just the the whole trajectory of it, because it's so fascinating to hear the whole journey because everybody listening is like at one point in your journey right now, right? Like there's that person who's just starting out and they're like, how do I even get clients? And you're like, I went to networking events and I passed my business card to anyone who would actually take it from me. Built you built relationships and you did all of those things. And then there's the person who's like, I'm doing the thing, but I'm feeling the nudge to do do something different. And it's just so cool to hear like the condensed version of your journey. But I have so many questions for you out, <laughs> out of that. I'm sorry I didn't do a very good job of telling it this time, but go ahead. No, you did a great job of telling it. So My first question that popped up when you were sharing that is how did you go from being in these programs that you had invested in to learn things to actually like becoming the designer for some of these better known online course creators that have been in the game for a long time? It's a great question. And I wish I had a really cool story for you. I don't. Amy Porterfield's program <laughs> I took from her in 2013. I like did so much too way too many courses back then. I know I did, but oh my gosh, haven't we I, all? 
No, 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 no. So I took, this is a funny story, actually. I took Amy Porterfield's Facebook Marketing Profit Lab because that's what she was teaching back at that time. Around the same time, I bought B-School. And part of my B-School bonus was going to a mastermind in California because everyone says that like masterminds are like going to solve the world's problems. And like, that's how they made it sound. So like I went to California, it was my first trip by myself, leaving my kids, never been to California, like never been anywhere by myself. So it's like, it's like a big girl moment for me. And at that mastermind, um, James Wedmore was there and Elizabeth Yalto was there because I bought B-School through Elizabeth Yalto. So that was May of 2013. And that same year, remember, I took Amy Porterfield's program. So Amy Porterfield liked my Facebook page. And my dorky, her, my dork, I was gonna say my dorky ass took a picture of that and was like, Oh my gosh, Amy Porterfield likes my I, I it was April 23rd, 2013. Because I the memory just popped up on my Facebook memories like, Oh my gosh, Amy Porterfield likes my page. I'm so cool, you guys. And then <laughs> someone sends me a friend request. And I or no, someone likes the picture, I send them a Facebook friend request, think nothing of it. So again, I'm I'm in these programs, I'm connecting with people. Amy likes my page, she knows who I am. And then I meet James Wedmore. And I really just wanted to learn like his YouTube strategies because that's what he was doing at the time. So fast forward to December of 2013, the person that I sent a Facebook friend request to posted that he needed a graphic designer on Facebook. You know, those posts that like they do. And before there weren't like a million different people like flooding to those. I mean, like me, me, me. He was like, DM me or say hi. So I DM'd him and I said, hi, I'm a graphic designer. I'd love to help. And I had no idea like what the projects were. One was for... He had two projects actually. One was for like the packaging for like a skincare line that was going to be coming out from a friend of his. I went through like the whole free mock-up process that you do. And I didn't get that project, but the project I did get was doing a sales page for Amy Porterfield's first course called FB Influence. Now, Amy didn't know that I was working with her because this person was working behind the scenes of her business, James's business, and then Lewis House's business. So I was doing the sales page thing for two months. So this was December 2013 to like January, February 2014. And at the time, we got free access to James Wedmore's membership at the time that he had. And I got on a hot seat call and I was like, okay, this is my problem. I'm working with all these local clients. They're really nice. They pay me on time. The work is easy. But now I'm doing this whole sales page thing. Like, what do I do? Like, how do I navigate this? So this was before I told you, remember, I gave the 60-day notice in March and then I had my first 5K month. Well, James Wedmore's answer to that question was, I would love to hire you. Wow. So... That kind of led me into working on a bunch of sales pages for him. He referred me to several of his friends, Lewis, Melanie Duncan. Again, this was like 10 years ago, very early. I probably bought stuff off of these sales pages that you've designed. Yeah. So (laughs) again, so in a lot of like another one I did that people remember is Kim Luna's Be True Brand You in 2015. That one, that one, I I loved that one too. I never bought it, but I stocked it. I totally stocked it. But people remember that sales page. And I did it in 2015. I, again, I've met people several years after the fact that have stopped me and been like, oh my gosh, that's the reason I bought that page. Like her first Be True Brand You customer ended up being a customer of mine that I did four or five sales pages for over the years. So it just kind of like 
if I can attribute it to a couple things, obviously it's like investing in those courses and meeting the people, but just like raising my hand for an opportunity when people had one. So that's just how it happened. Yeah. That's the thing that was coming up for me as you were sharing that story. It's like you put yourself intentionally in situations without necessarily an expectation of this is the my intention of why I'm here, but like really yeah. being open to what kind of came and raising your hand and saying yes and throwing your hat in the ring and like kind of following the doors as they open for you instead yeah. of like pushing so hard and having it have to only be like one way. You're like, I'm here for whatever's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that I was really naive, like just really excited to get any type of a project. Now I look at projects much differently, which is again, a whole other topic for a whole conversation. But it was a really great learning experience for me about like my skills and what I brought to the table because like, no one told me that project management was a talent. Like I'm just kind of naturally organized. I like to think about what I'm doing. Like, I like to know what's happening when, where, why, and how. And like on a Friday night, like when my husband wants to like have a beer and I'm like trying to plan our whole weekend, he's like, like, stop with this. Like, I don't like, he's like, I don't understand your brain. Like, I'm like, I don't. Yeah. Anyways. So it's my husband's the same way. He's like, why do you need to know everything right now? Can't you just let it happen? And I'm like, I just want to know what's going on so I can plan. But I also feel security in knowing that. But again, I think that doing these different projects, and this is one thing that kind of, really irks me about the design industry as I have gotten this nudge to shift out of only doing sales page design, which is again, a whole thing I can talk about. And I talked about it in my presentation at the summit. I feel like the design industry doesn't like they see you as this one thing, if that's what your experience is and that's what you can do. But I believe like as a sales page designer, I'm not just designing a sales page. I am giving them a brand for their product. I am reviewing the user experience. I'm helping with copy. I'm reviewing the development process and helping manage that with their developer. I am you know, making sure things are clean. I'm making sure offers are clear. Like You're doing so much more than just brand design or graphic design or whatever it is that you're doing. So I feel like in this industry, we don't look at people's capabilities. We only look at the work that they've done. Because you have to know so much more than graphic design. But I feel like getting those bigger opportunities has been a little bit challenging for me because some people in the big mainstream world, which is where I'm you know, working towards, don't even know what a sales page is. So like in the online space, people are really excited when I'm talking about my experience. But like if I talk to like an executive in New York City, they're like, what's a landing page? So for me, it's been a little bit of a challenge to kind of do that. But it's also just because I'm taking things really slow intentionally. So yeah, there's that too. So yeah, I love that point that you made because it's like, if you are like, Oh, I'm selling sales pages, which that is what you do. Like people think they're buying just the sales page. But if you're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm selling strategy and conversion design and brand design and this and that. And the ultimate outcome of this is a sales page, that's a whole different conversation. It's a whole different yeah. like level of value that you're bringing. And it's all about how you have the conversation and frame the conversation of like what you're doing and what you're selling. 
Yeah. And I think for me, it was different for each client I worked with. Like, obviously, I didn't have to help Amy Porterfield with her, like what she was selling. But a lot of the sales pages I did for her early in the day were like her affiliate launches and like different Mm -hmm. programs she did. But again, it was different for each client, but it got to the point to where it just wasn't like the market had shifted. And a lot of people were bringing that kind of stuff in house, which makes sense. And the DIY like movement technology had changed, you know, Kajabi lead pages show it like these platforms weren't as well known 10 years ago when I was doing this. So it's just a completely different world now. And again, I just really found myself wanting to do something different. Yeah, that makes total sense. And just in terms of when you were working with these clients back then, because I think like the principles, even though the the world changed, the principles of what you were doing are still like universal and timeless. Yeah. In terms of like how we work with clients and how we charge. But this is, this is something I wanted to specifically ask you about because what I hear from our clients and people who come to our events and listen to this podcast, and we talk about like value-based pricing. Like we around here, we're all about like, we're not about charging by the hour. We're about charging in alignment with the long-term value of what the client can create, the level of strategy, the level of effort, all of the things that you were talking about. Like, It's not just a sales page. It's all the stuff that I bring to it. And yes, every client needs a different level of that. But like, if I'm the one in charge of all of the strategy for them, like that is very valuable to them. And the price gets to reflect that. But the thing that then I hear from our students, and I'm so curious how you navigated this yourself, is how can like how responsible they feel for that launch going well? Or for like, if I design this sales page and then their launch tanks for, you know, is just a scenario I'm making up, then I, as the designer, like cause that and am responsible for that. And I feel like beholden to that. So I'm just so curious how what your thought process was when you were building these kind of like the door into making money for people's businesses. I'm gonna I don't think my answer will be what you're looking for. But it wasn't really. No, I'm just curious. So what I'll say is that the type of client I was working with was already an established business owner. They already had an audience. They already had a launch strategy. And they were at the point to where they needed... I feel like you know clients meet us at different levels. Sometimes they want to do it themselves, but maybe they need a little bit of our help or just like a graphic designer's eye. Or maybe they want to do their own web design, but then they want us to do their social media graphics or maybe... like You, know, you get what I'm trying to say. The clients I was working... With, we're looking for a luxury done for you service. They were didn't have time to deal with it. They didn't know who to hire for a designer. They had an internal team that they were working with, but this was kind of something that they needed off of their plate and they would become the bottleneck in the process. So I don't think I've ever had a client that I've designed a sales page for that didn't make money because they had already established their marketing and. They were testing and testing and testing. And the thing I noticed was that they weren't hiring brand designers. They weren't hiring 
web designers. They were investing more in sales pages because they were testing their offers to see what was going to convert. So I didn't ever have that mentality because I didn't ever have a client who didn't already have an established audience. The first time I worked with a client who was newer to the online space was 2016. I'll never forget this. I still use the sales page as an example. She's a physical therapist who specialized in helping people with Parkinson's disease gain movement and like help with their nutrition. And so she had a mobile practice where she would go into people's homes and help them. But then she wanted to expand that. And so she had already done one launch. And I was really specific about who I was working with this. She wasn't at like an Amy Porterfield level. And, you know, that's because we all have to start out like Amy Porterfield had to start out somewhere too. And so I was very clear, like, this is who I usually work with. I want to make sure that this is a good investment for you. So it's not like I'm just letting people give me their money. Ironically, one of the things I say you should do is make it easy for people to buy from you. But I was very specific and picky about who I worked with. So I was very upfront with her, like, this is kind of a bigger investment, but you're going to get something that's going to help you do X, Y, Z. And she was on board. And she, I remember being on the airport, like, at the airport, like on my way home from an event I was speaking at. And she was texting me. She had like 20 sales on the first, you know, the first day she opened up the car, but she was doing things to build an audience. So I didn't necessarily feel the responsibility of people not making money because it didn't really ever happen. That doesn't mean that I haven't had my own launches that haven't made money because they have. I've definitely had that happen before. So that really wasn't my responsibility, but it didn't ever happen. I love you actually did give me the answer I was hoping (laughs) you would give. (laughs) Not that I'm like leading the witness, but you really did because this is what I want our people to know is that it is not your responsibility. No. There is a collaborative responsibility to deliver, but it's not your like you can't control the outcome. That is the business owner's responsibility. And like when people put so much pressure on themselves, it's like, oh, if I'm going to charge that much, then this must be the thing that, that's happened. It's like, no, it's your job to just set yeah. realistic expectations and educate your client on what's possible and what's not based on who they are and what their business are, if they even need that. Like like yeah. you said, you worked with clients who are just already like, I know what my role is. I know what your role is. Let's do this. And we don't even have to have that discussion. Yeah. And you know, there was maybe one client who I designed her sales page and she did about 20K with her launch. And it was about the same as her other launch. And she kind of like snottily said, like, and not snottily, but like in a snotty way, it was like, well, it wasn't the sales page that helped me get this because I've already done this. But I'm like, I know that this, I know it helped her. And that's okay. She just was kind of bitter about things like that were outside of my control. And so, I did have one client too where like, and these are again, these are lessons you learn throughout design projects and you'll probably love this, but like we, she needed a sales page really quickly. It was like a three week turnaround and I'm like a two week, I need two weeks to design this. I can't design a whole sales page in a day. I can give you strategy in a day, but cause I know that's like a popular thing that people do now. I just, I need, we need more time to get through the creative process cause it's so long, but we were literally the night before we were supposed to go to development already on a tight timeline. And I had to have like a come to Jesus meeting with her and be like, like, I know what you sell, but this really isn't clear. And she had hired a copy, a sales page copywriter, a really well-known one at this time to do the copy for her. So I, she was 
pretty devastated, but she understood what I was saying. But I couldn't in good conscience finish the sales page knowing that I don't understand what this is when I know when I do understand who she is and the work that she does. So there's been conversations like that, but I now don't do someone's sales page unless I've seen their copy. Like you learn lessons within that, within a project, and then you kind of just like apply a new boundary or new part of your process to make it easier, you know? Yeah. And I also see so many people like not hold back. Like we want to protect ourselves from all of those things happening so that we don't have to have those things happen. But the reality of it is, is like things are going to happen and you learn as you go. You learn from your mistakes. You learn from scenarios that you're like, what just happened? Like that came out of left field. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. you make those changes to your business as you go and nothing has gone wrong and it's okay. Yeah. For sure. So I'm so curious to hear about this nudge that you've gotten to break outside of the online space and go into product design and all of these things. What what gave you the nudge and how has this decision like been what's that been looking like? What's it been looking like? So I got the nudge in like 2021. And so this was a good, if you do the math, that's a good seven, eight, nine years doing sales pages and launch strategy and everything in the online space. And it kind of got to the point to where before that I was, I was also running masterminds and accelerators for designers like mentorship programs. And I had a course I sold called Conversion Design School. And I had two launches, one in June of 2020 and one in January of 2021 that the June, the June launch didn't happen because of what was going on in the world at that time. I had like tripled my email list with Facebook ads. I was doing pitch-free workshops. And then something happened in the world where I was just pretty much like, I'm not going to launch anything. But I also hadn't booked any work. Um, but no, wait, that was June of 2020. So anyways... I and then I did another one. It was all weird during that span. It was all weird. And at the same time, (laughs) um, and I do I do share this because I know that we have people listening or reading show notes or however they digest your podcast that have to take care of people. Like it's outside of their control. And so I do have children, but they're my children are older now. But my dad, I had to really kind of take a step back from the business in July of 2020 to take care of me and heart failure, kidney failure, like um, just like a lot of things, doctor appointments, medications to manage and stuff like that. So I had to kind of take a step back. So I still kept like my podcast going. But in this whole time, I did a launch in January of 2021 after having to postpone the launch or just like canceling the one in June because of what was happening in the world. Then in January, I did a whole nother launch for a different program and I didn't get any sales. And that like made me feel like such a failure. It like broke my heart. Like I was just devastated that, you know, I added like 500 people to my list. I got 11 applications for the program and no one ended up joining. When people look at me and they look at my experience and like I'm talking to peers in the industry, everyone's confused. They're like, we don't understand. Here's the emails. Here's, I'm like, here's all my creative. Here's what I did. Here's the numbers. You explain this to me. And no one really can. So I just kind of took that as a sign to like stop launching, like period, like the end. So I stopped doing webinars, stopped doing anything to build my list. I kept the podcast going, but I basically had said, I'm done doing sales pages. 
I want to break into a new industry. My dad had passed away in March of 2021, which I'm very at peace with that because he was sick for a really, really long time. So he had passed away. So again, I'm just kind of going through the motions of like, something's not working and then something would work. Something's not working. Something would work. So I even had a client come back to me that I had done sales pages for like, I think like three or four, maybe even five over the last few years. And he came to me and I was like, well, I would be willing to work with you again. You're a great client. And so I gave him a quote and then he ended up going with someone else. And again, no hate to this person because we're allowed to work with who we want to, but it's like, okay, if this isn't a sign that like, it's not time for me to be doing sales pages anymore. I did a strategy session at this time also with Sarah Ashman or Sarah Uncalmo. I'm not sure if you guys know who she is, but she's public persona to explain to her, like, this is what I want to do. She's a brand designer. She's in a lot of like, actually she does like brand strategy. She's like brilliant. She used to work at agencies in New York city. So I just hired her for like a session to get some clarity. Cause I'm like, this is what I'm doing. It's not working. This is what I want to do. And she was really confused. She was like, you've got this sales page and launch reputation. You've got these all great clients you've worked with. And I think that gives people the assumption that everything's going perfect in your business. And I don't even like to like, <laughs> I've mentioned names here, but just to give like context, but I don't like to like name drop, like half of my clients I've worked with aren't even on like my website design for testimonials. Like I only feature some of them because I don't want it to look like that. And so what I really had to do was just like raise my hand and go back to the thing that made me the most profit was the easiest for me to do and um, gave me the most joy outside of mentoring client or designers and other business owners because I love that too. And I'm actually bringing that back, which I'm super excited about. And what was that thing that gave me the joy and was the easiest to do? Gave me the most profit? My design skills. And that was, you know, looking at all of the launching and all of the stuff I'm, you know, out here trying to live this seven figure business dream that just really, I don't have capacity to do that right in my life. Like I probably will in a few years once my kids are out of the house or my youngest is out of the house because my oldest is out. But it's been very tricky and it's been a lot of going back to the basics and just doing some basic mat. Like I'm, I have a magazine design client right now I work with. It's a magazine that features people of color in Columbus, Ohio. I have a client I designed, designed her website. We've done like 17 or 18 pages for her website. And I have lots of different projects I work on where it's either strategy or I worked with dress for success worldwide in 2022 for like their biggest fundraising campaign, you know, there were a lot of moving parts to that. So I'm just learning, again, new opportunities, new industries, new skills, testing what I want, what I don't want to do. On the Colby, I'm like a 7734 or something like that. So basically, what that means is that I'm a slow implementer and I'm a slow... I'm not a quick start. I'm very good at like fact finding and I don't remember the other one. But long story short, I've been moving at a slower pace that I've wanted to, but I'm moving at the pace that I'm ready to move myself at. So that's what's happening. And eventually I want to launch a mascara line too, but I've really decided to just like focus on the design business for now and like focus on that. So like for the next two years, my plan is to just do a lot of brand design, a lot of brand strategy, a lot of mentoring and a lot of creative projects in the product launch world. Because I have a lot of launch experience. I've managed launches. I've done sales pages for launches that have generated millions of dollars in the online industry. So yeah, people in the e-com space look at you a little bit differently. So that's what I'm going with. 
Did that answer your question? I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah, Like one, I just want to say, I'm so glad you talked about how it's like, Hey, just because it looks on the outside, like things are going really well. That may not be what is actually happening. Like I have experienced that myself recently. And those are things that I share on this podcast to say, Hey, like I thought this was going to be like a hit and it was not a hit. And just like you, you're like, there's really no indication. Well, I can't say that. I can say, I think I have a theory on what I did that caused it. I may have detailed it already by the time this episode comes out, or if not, there will be a podcast (laughs) talking about that failure in detail and like learning how to really like fail forward in a way because you said like, it just, it feels devastating when it happens to you. And you're just like, what is happening? And all of these things. And I really had to like, take a hard, not a hard look, but a compassionate look, I guess. And take some time to really like, settle down and evaluate and really feel my way through what that felt like. And I'm still at the tail end of it, which is why I haven't written the podcast episode yet, because it doesn't feel complete enough to be able to share the lessons I've learned from it. And I only, (laughs) I always only share when I'm like, okay, like I can, this will help someone, not this will like cause someone to feel like, oh crap, this could happen to me. And they walk away feeling scared. So (laughs) that's never what I want. But uh, I think that we all go through it too. And I think it's good that, you know, we're being honest about it because I don't want to sit here and portray myself as some victim because I've worked with these big name clients. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is... Oh, I don't hear that from you at all. Well, and I know, but I don't want people to think that like I don't have a victim mentality at all. I had a mentality where I had a sister who was sick. My dad was going through what he was going through. And like, I feel like some people are born to like take care of other people. And I'm not that person. Like when we were doing the end of life, my (laughs) sister was the medical and I was the business person. And so it was just a lot going on. It was the pandemic. My oldest son graduated, but then he didn't have a graduation ceremony because of the pandemic. So it was just a lot going on. So I just knew I needed to take a step back. I had applied for jobs. I taught college classes. Like I was, I'm willing to do, I'm willing to use my skills right now in a lot of different capacities. And I understand packaging and I understand pricing, but that's not necessarily where I'm at. I think I'll be there within about six to 12 months, but I'm just moving slow and saying yes to projects that feel aligned where I'm testing my skills and just like understanding more. Cause I don't have traditional agency experience. I worked for, you know, a small business for 10 years doing a lot of their ad design and social media and things like that. But I have to really feel confident. I have to do something in order to feel confident about it, you know? So I don't doubt my skills, but I'm just kind of moving in this slow pace to where I want to be, if that makes sense. What I'm hearing is like where you're at now is what you were doing in the very beginning is like saying yes to things, meeting new people, putting yourself in new situations and really kind of letting it unfold how it's going to unfold. But like with intention behind it in terms of like, I know where I ultimately want to end up. And so I'm going to steer myself in that direction. But I'm also here for a magazine and for 
designing web pages and I'm here for all of these things because I don't know. You never know where that stuff's going to lead. You never know what connections you're going to make. Yeah. And I will say that, like, I know that niching is like the thing. It's like the thing that I don't, all ta- I don't you. teach it. You don't teach that. Okay. <laughs> don't. Well, a lot of people teach no. that. So I turned away a lot of I used work. to. Yeah. You used to. So I turned away yeah, a lot of work. When everybody said I, that's I how it was. Yeah, that's what they tell you. So that's what you do. And so what I'm doing now is listening to myself. And I sometimes question whether I should have said yes to more of the projects when people came to me and said, I need a logo designer. I need a brand designer because I want to be known as a brand designer, but my logos are 10 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've done, you know, definitely done a few lately. And so again, I'm just like using my skills in different ways and testing myself. And it's super uncomfortable. For me, like I like to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and all those things. But same again, I've moved through this. I think I probably could have done this way faster, but I'm just giving myself the grace to be like, okay, you can have some space. But then it's like, okay, girl, come on, get up, get your life together, and move on. Reach out to the people that you know have said, hey, I want to work with you. I just think it's so important to talk about like reinvention is okay at any time in your business, taking a break and mm-hmm. giving yourself space is okay at any time in your business. Like it doesn't mean anything about anything to, we were just talking about this in the coaching program that I'm in is like, you don't have to grow year over year. Like it's okay to not grow. It's okay to shrink. (laughs) Like it's okay. You get to like, nothing has gone wrong here. If it's not in alignment with what you want, sure. Like try to figure out what that is, but like, what do you really want? It's time to sometimes evaluate, like, is this what I really want? But no, I feel like you're you're one of the first people I've heard say that because there's a lot that of it's messaging okay to not grow that it's okay to like yeah I think there's a lot of messaging the out there that I'm seeing <laughs> reverse where, like if you don't grow it's your fault if you don't have a ten thousand dollar month you're not like qualified like the thing that gets on my nerves a lot too is like well, people will only see you a certain way if you have this. This like you have this criteria checked off your box. Like I believe, like you have a lot to say. No matter you have like five months experience or fifty years, like you know. So like you bring something different to the table based on your life and work experience. And so don't ever forget that. I love that, and I couldn't agree more. And it's like, listen, it's not about me. It's not about you. And honestly, like it's great that we have the credibility that we have of being in business as long as we have and having the kind of clients that we've had and all of that. But at the end of the day, all our clients care about is can you help me get what I want? And sure, having like a portfolio is one way to demonstrate that, but it's not the only way. And I think that that's one of the things that as designers, we get to like shift out of that paradigm. That is not the only way. And educating, being of service, listening to them, sharing how you'll help them reach their goals 
is way more effective than someone being like, okay, here's five designers. They all have beautiful, gorgeous designs and I can't decide which one to work with. Let me just pick the lowest price. Like that's not of highest service to the people who are hiring us. But we think that's how we have to market and position ourselves. And we think that's how clients make decisions. And the reason a lot of them make decisions that way is because we've made it that way for them. And we get to change the conversation at any time. And I think there will always be clients that want to go with the cheaper option. That's how some people are wired. You know what I mean? And that you just have to decide, like, is it worth it? Like, is this good to have okay, maybe a few lower priced clients so that you have money coming in while you focus on growing the thing that you want to grow. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think however you want to run your business is the way you should do it. And like, I don't really have a... I have one mentor I've worked with for like four years and I work with her because she doesn't tell me what to do. She is very bossy, but if someone's telling me what to do, I'm not going to do it. Cause I don't listen to people. I do what I want. Like, that's how I, that's how I was like been my whole life. So I'm finding this newfound freedom and like being able to claim what I want and actually make it happen. If that makes sense. Yeah. That is fascinating. I love that. And like, I think you do get to a certain point in your business where you're like, I trust myself and I'm going to make the choices I want to make. And I want a sounding board and I want, just someone to maybe see things that I'm not seeing or like whatever. But yeah, I'm very much, (laughs) I think that's why I liked you so much. Cause I'm like, yeah, like I don't like to be told what to do and I don't like to be told I can't do something. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, no. And again, I, not that she mentored, like it's a very, she's like very creative and she's very like, she knows what I want to do. And she's like, like one thing that happened to me recently was like, I really want to work in the beauty space. And this is like a funny, but dorky share, but like, I have a podcast and I don't know how, I don't know how many, if you get pitches or what, but like I get a lot of pitches and I was having the mindset of like trying to say yes, as long as it was like super aligned, but like, I'm so backed up with interviews right now that I can't take any more probably until like the summer or the fall just because, but I received a pitch from a podcast agency, they gave me a list of people and I said, okay, yes to basically everyone. These were the people that booked. One of the people that booked was a co-founder of a new sexual wellness brand for women. This woman had worked for Estee Lauder. She had worked for Bare Minerals, Kat Von D's beauty line, like a lot of different... She's a product developer. So she develops products. And so, you know, if you look at sexual wellness, like lube, like that's their product, it's not like a fun thing, but they took it and they made it this like everyday fun type of vibe. And that interview went live in February. And in March, Christina Aguilera was named a co-founder of their brand. And she's That's branded so cool. officer because the brand, the brand just launched in May. So I'm like, this is literally in the space that I want to be in. And I'm not even trying that hard <laughs> to be that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's more that I could always be doing, but there's little things like that that are going to happen in your business and in your life where it's like, just like a simple little nudge to be like, Hey girl, you're on the right track. Keep on going. You know what I mean? Like make what you want happen. So They haven't hired me and I don't know that they ever will. But to me, it's like, okay, I love what the brand stands for. I love that 
what they're doing. I love how they've designed their website. I love how they redesigned it when Christina came on. I love the different press topics that they use when she was in Forbes and People Magazine. And of course, she's a celebrity, so she's going to get that type of press. But I love all of those big picture pieces in a brand campaign. So if you kind of look at what fascinates you and where you want to be and how you could apply your skills, I think it's a really fun thing. I don't know. So again, that might be dorky of me to share that, but they pitched me. I didn't pitch them to come on my show, you know? And so there's little signs everywhere if you just look at them. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's dorky at all. And like, it's one of those things where it's like, there's little signs and then there's like, now I know this person in this industry, in the industry Mm -hmm. that I want to be in. I spent 30 minutes to an hour talking to them. They know other people with other beauty brands. And even if I'm not working for them, we had a great conversation and I promoted them. And it's not without outside of the realm of possibility that they would refer somebody to me or whatever. And I I can ask them for referrals and it's... yeah. And I joke and tell my kids, like, I'm one connection away from Christina Aguilera, guys. Like, it's going to happen because I love But it's kind of true. Like, you're one connection away from that big breakout client for this next phase of your business, too. And it's just like, I love how you think and how you operate so just, I don't know, open and curious is the way that I see it in terms of, like, there's not, like, rigidity, like this is who I'm going to work with. And I'm going to just say no to everything else and just slog along until this happens. You're just like, no, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to, and things are like lining up for you. Yes. They're lining up it again. It's slower than I want it to happen, but I appreciate you saying that. Always get to control the timeline. If we could, how awesome would that be? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we definitely would. And again, I think it's just about giving yourself permission to go after what you want. I am not giving myself permission very fast. Okay, but that's just because I have to get myself ready to be there, you know. Who says there's a timeline for this? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, I I have skills that I could be using, but I'm just a little bit slow sure. in movement. So like my new website's coming out. I did this business class earlier this year that had nothing to do with the online space. I was awarded a five-year agreement through Iowa State University because I live in Iowa to be like a third-party resource for them. So I can do design and copy projects for them. So like I'm moving in these different lanes that are not the online space. And I really like it because I know that I can bring the skills I have to those type of industries. And so it's just practice. And I think that, you know, I don't have a seven step process I'm following. I'm just like waking up every day and getting back (laughs) to people and praying that like, you know, they say yes. That is so refreshing. So I could talk to you forever, but we are getting close to the end of our time. So I just have a couple more questions for you before we wrap up. This one is one that I ask everybody who comes on the show. And that is, what's one belief about yourself that you had to change to get where you are today? That's a really, really, really great question. One belief I had to change about myself to get where I am today, that I bring value to the table, that I belong at the table, that it's my table. Yes. 
I love that. That is so powerful. Well, I mean, I feel very intimidated around people, around new things. Like I'm very excited and very just like happy-go-lucky. I have to like pull myself back into like down to earth and just like do the work and be professional and like understand that I belong there. That's all. I don't know. We had a whole podcast episode called Build Your Own Table because we had one of our students talk about how she always felt the same way. Like not how you you didn't say that you felt that way, but she was like, I always felt like I just didn't belong at that table. Like, yeah. I just don't belong at that table. And one of our other students was like, why don't you just build your own table? Like, if anyone's telling you that you don't belong at the table, which a lot of times we tell ourselves that, but there are times when people tell you that you don't belong at the table. That's a real thing that happens too. And so it's just like, go build your own table. Invite the people yeah. in the, that you want to be at your table. Yeah. Don't wait yeah. for the invitation. And that's part of the reason why I started my podcast, because I don't like this whole design industry thing where like they don't look at you as qualified. I mean, I've been a designer for 12 years. I got every opportunity on my own. No one handed me anything. You know what I mean? But, and I've worked with people who have been on the Ellen show or been on Steve Harvey and you're, you're not qualified. So again, just like build your own label. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. So good. Where can everyone go to connect with you? What do you have going on? How can people learn more about what you're doing, your mentorship, what you're up to, all the things? There's a couple places you can visit my website, which will be new by the time this airs. Hopefully we're developing it right now. I'm so excited. It's melissaberkheimer.com. So just my name. And my podcast is called The Design Business Show. There's over 200 episodes. Uh, Shannon's was just a couple months ago. So that's just the designbusinessshow.com. I hang out the most on both Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm just Melissa Berkheimer on Instagram. And then I think you guys will link to my LinkedIn, but you can again, just search for me there and just send me a DM and say hi, because I like to actually talk to people. And the way I'm working with clients right now is two ways. Like I'm obviously doing done for you services in the design and strategy realm, but I'm also offering mentorship again. And I used to do this for designers. I've done this for people who launch products. And it's really just for people who want to reinvent what it is that they're selling, but they don't necessarily need a curriculum. They just need someone to help them with strategy and like get them back. So it's like Voxer access and like a few group calls a month. And again, there's like a more private level that people can do where they get like more one-on-one access to me. So that'll be on my website at melissaburkheimer.com. Uh, and I send emails that are about buzz building strategies. It's about design. It's about branding. It's about my podcast and just like inner business thoughts I have, like the ones I shared today. Awesome. I'll link all of that stuff up in the show notes and everybody definitely go check out all of the things that Melissa has going on for you. Thank you so much for being here today. This was super fun. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like so excited to like get to work now. Yes. All right, everyone. That's it for the show this week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, so if you're ready to stop undercharging and overworking, if you want to take back control of your time, work only with the dreamiest of clients, and make more money as a web designer than you ever thought possible, get started now by going to webdesigneracademy.com and joining our waitlist. We'll send you exclusive teachings from the current Web Designer Academy so you can start applying our concepts now, and you'll be first to know when enrollment opens up again so that you can work with us to completely transform your web design business. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.